your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So because there's not an awful lot going on in Blue Jackets land right now, I thought it might be fun to uh, invite somebody new onto the podcast, someone that we haven't really had cause to to talk too much on account of uh, his team being the worst team of all the teams. Um, but we've got Hunter Hodes of Locked on Penguins here today, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the NHL top 50 players poll that lockdown is doing uh, there's a couple of notable snubs that we were uh, individually pretty mad about and i figured we would also have some some fun rivalry talk because we haven't played the penguins in what feels like a million years so uh i mean let's let's start off with the the nhl top 50 list like i was legitimately surprised to find uh malkin solo on that list yeah, it's kind of um, stupid. Um, well, first off, I should say, you know, thank you for having me on, Jay. I really appreciate it. You know, I, it has been a while since um, these two teams, and I think these two fan bases have, you know, gone at it on each, with each other on the social medias a little bit. Just, of course, you know, we didn't get, they, the two teams didn't play uh, last year due to the uh, realignment. But, you know, ever, whenever, you know, those two teams play, it, it's always fun just because, you know, the Columbus and everyone up there, they always they see Pittsburgh as their biggest rival. And, you know, it's obviously – you know, they're only three hours away from Pittsburgh, but then, you know, uh, Penguins fans kind of just see it as like a big brother, little brother thing um, just because, you know, the Jackets have lost them both times in the playoffs. And that, you know, a lot of times when Pittsburgh goes to Columbus, a lot of just, the, the, I think the I think a lot of Penguins fans will make the drive there just because you can basically do it um, in one night. But um, as for the top 50 thing, yeah, man, it is a bit weird. I did have my video come out earlier today um on my twitter page and the locked on penguins twitter page uh, i never really understood why evgeny malkin is not on that list um i wish i could say i was surprised but i guess i'm not just because remember about a few years ago when the nhl did that top 100 uh list of all time during their 100th season evgeny malkin was left off that too which was you know a lot i think more controversial um than this but uh one bad season from gino should not take away from what he's done throughout his career um just before this season when he um before he got hurt, excuse me, had 74 points in 55 games in 2019, 20 was one of their best players. Um, I thought played fine in the bubble. Um, but then for him to go from that to what happened this year, and it was only because he screwed up his knee. Remember he played on a torn MCL in the playoffs and was a point per game player. Um, he actually um, looked ridiculously good um, in the playoffs while playing on that very um, bum knee and, you know, before he got hurt, he was honestly really starting to turn around his season. He was playing the best hockey, I thought, um, those three to four weeks prior to really screwing up his knee a little bit. And then, remember, came back towards the late stages of the regular season um, and then kind of re-injured it a little bit, I guess. Actually, I think it was in the final game um, of the regular season. But, you know, there, there are some players on here. I'm not going to tease who's on here. You know, you, you all have to see it for yourselves, especially – um, the Locked On Penguins listeners, but um, there are definitely some players on here uh, who do not hold a prayer to what Evgeny Malkin can still bring on a nightly basis. Yeah, for sure. And like, as as someone who's been following the Blue Jackets for a while now, like, yes, yeah, I think Sidney Crosby obviously is 
still, I think, a top three player in this league. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's, there's no debate there. But, like, Evgeny Malkin, like, just watching that guy play is incredible. Like, he... I, I don't know what it is about him. I, I don't think he's... He's obviously not as good as... Crosby, he's, I don't think he, he's not that pure goal scorer like Ovechkin, but he seems to kind of hit that, that sweet spot right in between those two players, I feel like. And just every time he's on the ice, I kind of have that, oh no, feeling. Um, He feels like he's one of those players that every single time he goes out on the ice, I'm like, oh, he's going to score here. Um, It's a very kind of like a, a Nate McKinnon type player of, he just kind of seems to do what he wants on the ice and there's not really much that anyone else can do about it. So like, I wonder if it's partially that he has kind of spent his entire career playing behind Crosby because on, I think literally any other team except maybe Edmonton, he would be that number one center, like without a doubt. Um, So I wonder like how much that has influenced kind of how people feel about his career. But yeah, in my mind, like he's a probably a top 10 center in this league easy you know and so to find out that he not only was like one of the snubs but was also I think 60th out of the out of the 75 players that that we ended up ranking just bonkers absolutely bananas like it makes no sense it it does not make any sense at all you know I think it's you know I'm not gonna you know throw hands with you know any of the hosts on here you know that's that's not what (laughs) we're for um, I just will say, you know, I think some people, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know everyone's ballot. You know, I, I only think I saw one other person's ballot. Um, but I think some people that left him off t- um, their list, they need to, you know, maybe watch more than two or three Penguins games a season and see what this guy does on a nightly basis, just like I do, just like everyone that listens to the Locked on Penguins podcast, and of course, everyone on Penguins Twitter and, and the media people. Um, I would agree with you. He has a top 10 center league-wide he's one of the five best players of this generation I, I i would love for people to name five better players than Evgeny malkin from this generation of players who have played you you, you really cannot i mean okay sid mcdavid mcdavid is going to be up there once he plays a bit more i mean he probably is already there right now but you know kane taves i mean i i, I, I would put malkin over taves uh, for sure oh 100 then, then you would have ovechkin and i think that's probably your five um right there and it's just again you know man like one bad season should not just say oh you know you're not a top 50 player anymore and i get what a lot of these lists are they're to drive reaction they're to grow the network um but you know he is better than a lot of players on a lot of different i think i'm trying what i think i'm trying to say is you know you have some teams that have all their players on there that are not better than Evgeny Malkin. And, you know, some of, some of those players that are on some of those teams got on the list over him, which is just, it, it, it's, it's crazy to me. So um, I, I'm not, it's not something I'm going to lose sleep over, but again, man, I really do wish people would watch Evgeny Malkin on a nightly basis. Cause he really is that pure power forward type. I really do think if he was on his own team, which, you know, that's not going to happen anyway. Um, I think people would appreciate him a lot more just because, you know, even when Sid is out, um, he's still eating up those tough matchups, you know, sure. He's getting um, basically the scraps after what Sid gets, because he obviously is the main focus for a lot of teams, but you know, G- Gino is still crushing his minutes 
right after that. And even again, again, like I said, when Sid missed that part of the season um, due to that hernia, uh, Gino was well over a point per game. I think he had, I think it was like 1.3 points per game or something like that. I'll have to check the overall numbers, but I mean, he took that competition that Sid gets uh, to the woodshed and showed that he is still one of the best players in hockey. I mean, this guy's had a 50 goal season. He's won three cups. Uh, he's won a, a, an Art Ross. He's won a Hart. Uh, he has a Calder. He has a Con Smythe. Should have, honestly, you can make the argument he could have two Con Smythes on that 2017 run. Uh, you could have given it to Sid or Gino, and no one really would have batted, batted an eye. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think I, it's basically my rant um, on Evgeny Malkin. I, I guess to sum it up, I really wish people would watch him more and appreciate what he's done, not just for the Penguins, but for the league as a whole, because he's one of the five best Russian players also to ever play in the NHL. And you can make the argument that he is arguably the greatest Russian player of all time. Before we get back to our discussion about the top 50 NHL players of all time for the Locked On list, we do have to touch on rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business and do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and you can write locked on in their hired you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection right below prices all the parts a car will ever need that's rockauto.com yeah 100 like we talked about this a little bit um just before recording of you know it's it was a weird season all around obviously you know the we only played what seven other teams like this mm-hmm. entire this entire season and i personally am thrilled that i won't have to play tampa eight times this season I'm really excited that I won't have to pay attention to the Dallas Stars anymore um but like even so it feels it feels very much like it was a weirdly insular season so I do wonder if kind of that has something to do with it of only maybe seven or eight hosts actually watch the Penguins play this season um because of because of COVID but even so like it's I don't know it, it makes it makes no sense to me and again like I we, I said just uh, off mic as someone who has been following the Blue Jackets you know I, I am intimately familiar with people not paying attention to them and just assuming that they're bad because no one cares about the Blue Jackets um, and I feel like the Penguins it, it, feel, it feels weird out of the Penguins are always a really weird team to me because like I am super aware of them all the time because we play in that division and you know we're Probably it's probably the closest thing that the Blue Jackets have to a rivalry, um, even though I don't think we're on quite the same level uh, no. skill wise. Um, there was a, a point a couple of seasons ago where you could argue that we were kind of a little bit more even, but like right now, I think the the Penguins are head and t- head and shoulders above the Blue Jackets in terms of skill. But the Penguins are only what three, four seasons removed from winning back to back cups, and it feels very much like those four that's been a very long four years in terms of like the general uh the general kind of uh not appreciation but like it feels like people have already forgotten that a little bit and they're like oh yeah the penguins they exist i guess you know they're not toronto they're not chicago which for some reason still gets a ton of a ton of media attention and fan attention despite being terrible for the past few seasons um the penguins have kind of 
slipped between the gaps a little bit and gone from being this kind of seen as this dominant powerhouse team to oh yeah they they're still here I guess yeah and you know just to go back a little bit you brought up a great point you know um, with this realignment from this past season, you know, I you, you said it best, only probably seven to eight hosts, you know, really saw what Evgeny Malkin or, you know, other players that didn't make it, you know, brought to the table um, as the other hosts, you know, they were probably focusing on, you know, their division because that's all they were playing that's that season. I actually, you know, did not even really think about that going into this. Um, but then, you know, they also could have just done this after, um, this season coming up because we're back to the 82 games. There's no more stupid Canadian division. Um, everyone is playing each other um, at least two or three times division games. It'll be four to five. I, I think that would have been a better time to do it, to really get a gauge uh, of who the top players are and, you know, to see um, how they do against every team in the league, uh, not just seven to eight. I, I really do uh, uh, like that point there, but yeah, man. I mean, and also, you know, just just to talk about like the the, the Blue Jackets, excuse me, for a second. Um, I, I did see, obviously, on the list. I, I don't know if anyone knows this. Um, Zach Wierenski uh, did not get on it. You know, I, I I'm a much bigger Wierenski fan over someone such as Seth Jones. Um, I've always said on my podcast, uh, Jay. I'm sorry to say this for you know the Blue Jackets fans, everyone that I think Seth Jones is wildly overrated uh, from a lot of hot people who cover the sport just because I don't, his numbers don't line up with how people talk about him, but Zach Wierenski's due. And, you know, maybe his contract is a bit much. I mean, nine and a half, nine something million for him is definitely more than what I would have given him, but I still think he's one of the top 50 best players in the league. Um, and to have him off the list and a couple other of these players on there, um, it, it's definitely a bit weird to say the least. And also, um, I also don't think Patrick Laine gone on it either. I'm sure he's kind of had a couple down years, uh, but this is still one of the best pure goal scorers in hockey. And if he gets back to that level this season, um, even though the Jackets probably aren't going to be that good, um, I think he's going to be making a lot of uh, the hosts here look a little bit silly, I would say. Yeah, I mean, so the with, with the Laine thing, yeah, I, I, I understand why he was left off. I mean, A, he played in Winnipeg for most of his career uh, and then moved to the Blue Jackets. Um, had kind of a down season. I think he was uh, he was injured when he arrived in Columbus. Obviously, you know, that was a whole thing. So being injured and being traded and the whole, you know, global pandemic thing, you know, I'm willing to give him a little bit of leeway. I think when we, when we start back up again, I would be surprised if he is not stapled to Jake Voracek's side obviously you know as as a penguins fan you've watched jake mm-hmm. voracek for for many years on the flyers and i think he he could be uh a really great uh addition to kind of helping line a get back to that potential 40 50 goal scorer that that we think he can be um in terms of zakarensky yeah i i was i was Disappointed, but not surprised, I think is probably the best way to put it. I, I agree. I think he is better than than Seth Jones. Um, I've been saying on on the podcast for, for a while now, both before and after the trade, I don't think Seth Jones is as bad as the analytics say that he is. I also don't think he's as good as the, the eye test says that yeah. he is. I think he probably falls somewhere in the middle. Um, That's a good way to say it. Uh, so. I think, yeah. 
which I think is true of a lot of players. I think there's, there's, I think there's very, very few players that you can look at just the analytics or just the eye test and say, this player is good or bad. Um, if only because a lot of players, you know, and Seth Jones, especially like some of the, the things that he does well are the things that you can't really quantify with advanced stats yet. So, you know, his transition play, I think is his real strength and it's not something that is super uh, readily available in terms of advanced stats. So like as advanced stats advance, so to speak, um, I think his, his numbers will get better, but yeah, people, people talking about him, like he's, you know, a Norris caliber defenseman year in year out, I think is, is way off. Um, and so like, I, I was annoyed to see him go, I think, but the return we got was super great. And, you know, like, I don't know if him leaving had any effect on Warenski's willingness to sign that long-term contract, but having a guy like Warenski locked up for six years and yeah, nine, I think it's 9.538. So just a little bit above what Seth Jones is making. Um, If we have to pay that much money to keep a guy like Warenski around who is our, you know, de facto number one defenseman and probably will be for a, a number of years now. Like I'm okay with paying a little bit extra to a guy like Warenski if it means he sticks around, because like, if you look at the, the blue jackets in general, like who else are we going to pay? You know, uh, Voracek's making seven, Line's making seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe those are the only three players that are making over five million this season yeah and when you have a lot of cap space i think man like you, you gotta like show your fan base and everyone that follows a team that hey you know we can we can pay up uh to keep one of our young players long term again i would not have signed zach Wierenski to that contract um nine and a half million is definitely too rich for him but you know i really think the organization wanted to show the fan base and you know everyone again that follows them that hey you know we, we're, we're going to keep this guy i know we've uh, traded and lost a lot of players these last few years but we don't want to lose this player because we really like what he can do uh long term with this organization and you know i think at some point um jay you, your your team has to show that they can at least keep one of your franchise <laughs> players, so to speak, just because of how many um, have lost. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just switching sports a little bit. You know, I'm a Nationals fan, so I'll, I've seen a lot of my really good franchise players walk. I'm hoping that's not going to be the case with someone such as Juan Soto, who's up in a few years. Um, you have to show your fans that you have what it takes to um, keep someone long-term and then hopefully build around him uh, to make your next contender. So um, I get the reasoning for it. Um, it was just, you know, a bit too rich, but, you know, I, I'm sure the Blue Jackets, they have plenty of cap space to spend with how many players have left recently. And then, you know, they also, you, you also brought it up. They brought in Jake Voracek. That was a trade that I did not see coming from both sides. It's going to be weird to see him um, back there. If I recall correctly, he was drafted by the Blue Jackets, was he not? Yes, he was. He was, so he was actually, um, and this will tie in neatly to, to another player that I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. He was uh, who we traded for Jeff Carter back in, yeah, back in 2012. It so <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting to see that, uh, that unfold. Yeah. It, it's going to be nice to see him back in, in Union Blue. I, again, he, he is a player who I think is probably on a, a contract that is slightly too big for him, but I, I'm a big Voracek fan. I think he's a phenomenal 
player. I think he's a phenomenal playmaker. And if we can, you know, basically just attach him to line A and put literally anyone in the middle of that, you know, like you, I think you could probably put me on the ice in the middle of that and we will probably get some pretty decent results because all we need, all all Varchek needs is someone to pass to and all line A needs is someone to pass to him. So I think if we can get those two guys, you know, going, I think that could that could be the the making or the breaking of the Blue Jackets season. I think is is how that that duo uh, is that how that duo responds. Yeah, I think Voracek. You know, the writing was definitely on the wall for him in Philadelphia. I think he'd been wanting to move away from the Flyers for a couple of years now. Um, didn't have the best season this past year, if I recall correctly, but you know, a change of scenery, scenery excuse me, um, I, I'm sure could do wonders for him, even though, like I said, you know, the team is obviously not going to be that good, but you know, with not a lot of high expectations, I think he could flourish. Um, and then, you know, the other way you send Cam Atkinson in case um, some Penguins fans forgot, uh, he was kind of a, a little bit of a Penguin killer at times. I always thought that he was probably one of the more underrated goal scorers in the league. If I recall correctly, he had that 40 goal season just a couple years ago and was always that consistent 25 to 30 goal score before this past year where um, he definitely fell off a little bit. But um, was that due to injuries or just him uh, not fitting in with what John Torello was saying? Now, before we do get back to our discussion about Cam Atkinson with that deal, uh, we do have to touch on a couple of things. One of them being everyone's favorite uh, betting website, and that is betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. You can sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus, and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo on Thursday, September 9th between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL 100. That is Ben Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. We also cannot forget about everyone's favorite candy bar or just protein bar, excuse me, which is Bilt Bar. They have many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. They're definitely passionate about their favorites when you just talk to anyone who loves Bilt Bar. There's so many flavors the cookies and cream, German chocolate, orange, strawberry, etc. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein. They're all healthy. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, I think he, he kind of fell to the what kind of plagued most of the Blue Jackets this season, which was uh, not necessarily bad coaching from Tortorella. Um, I think I've always liked Tortorella's systems themselves. Uh, my issue with Tortorella has always been um, that if something isn't working, he will switch it up immediately. So like if four shifts into the game, something hasn't happened, he's like, right, I'm just going to send you, you and you out there. And so I think the problem with Cam Atkinson this season was lack of consistency in his line mates. Um, which is, again, I think something that I just talked about this with uh, Laura Saba of Lockdown Canadians, actually. I think it was something that uh, Max Domi struggled with this season is he didn't really have a solid place in the lineup. And so he didn't 
get a chance to develop that chemistry with anyone. Line A, I think, was kind of the same. Um, and so I'll be interested to see how he uh, how he responds to that in Philadelphia with a different coach that maybe is a little bit happier to just kind of put him on in that top six and just kind of leave him. Because, yeah, like you say, I, I'm a big Cam Atkinson fan. I always have been. Um, he had 40, I want to say 43 goals two seasons ago, which is just, that's so many goals. Um but yeah, he kind of has fallen off the past couple of seasons. Uh, he's getting older. He's 30, I want to say 32 at the minute. So, you know, he is, he is kind of getting to that, that part of his career where he is going to decline. But yeah, I think probably a little bit, a little bit of, of aging, uh, a little bit of the fact that no one in the Blue Jackets knows how to score ever. And uh, John Tortorella's the weird lineup decisions is probably, is uh, probably what what was most wrong with Atkinson this season. Yeah, I just I, I didn't pay obviously I didn't pay a lot of attention to Columbus just because they weren't in the division. But you know I, I did notice that he seemed to be struggling a lot more um, than he used to. So you know, we will have to see um, if he potentially finds his game again with Philadelphia. Hopefully for both of our sakes he does not because you know <laughs> I don't need Philadelphia to be uh, good again next season. I, I like to we always like to see them. Um, just suffer forever, you know, especially since 1975. Okay, there's my 1975. <laughs> um, I'm sure every, I'm sure both fan bases will um, enjoy that. Um, but just, you know, I guess moving to the rivalry a little bit, are you excited to um, have these two teams play again? I, I definitely missed having the Penguins play against Columbus. I, I always love seeing the team going to Nationwide because um, even when Columbus – um, was not even that good in recent years. Well, I shouldn't say recent years because they've been good for the most part for the last three to four years. But, but before that, I should say, they would still pack the house pretty good because, you know, they're playing Pittsburgh. It's, it's three hours away. It's their biggest rival. Um, the roof just comes off the building anytime they win there just because, you know, like it's beating Pittsburgh, I think, to them before they – you know, go far, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, oh my God, this is our season. You know, I think it's kind of like, you know, when Philadelphia tried to knock the Penguins out of the playoffs, um, I think this was back in 2015, you know, that was, that was basically their Stanley cup that year as well. But just, you know, are, are you excited to uh, play Pittsburgh four to five times again this season and get back to normal a little bit more? Um, I don't know the excitement is is the is the word i would choose um i'm super not looking forward to jake gensel scoring like eight goals in those five games uh because that's that's what he does uh but yeah i'm i'm well first of all i'm excited to play literally any other team apart from the seven teams that we faced last season uh i'm and it's weird so i'm excited for like a meaningless game against Vancouver in like mid-January, you know, because there was just every single game, the season was a four-point game, but I am also excited to um, face teams like um, Pittsburgh and Washington again, just because I feel like um, the Blue Jackets tend to play to the level of their opponents. So if, if we're playing a bad team, we tend to also play pretty crappy. If we're playing a good team, we tend to do okay. Like I believe our our most successful season series this season was against Tampa Bay. Um, we had the most wins against Tampa Bay over any other team in our division, which seems a little bit wild. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to playing 
Pittsburgh and Washington. But yeah, those like Columbus Pittsburgh games, they so rarely end well for us, but it's just so much fun. Like uh, we, again, we were talking off mic. Like one of the one of my favorite games in Nationwide. I think it was like it was a two-one overtime win against Pittsburgh that meant nothing in terms of the standings, essentially. Like, but it was just so much fun. I think it was probably the the, uh, the audience was like probably 50-50 split. February 17th, 2017, uh, in overtime, 2-1. I think, I think that's the game you're talking about. Yes, it was, it was Brandon Dubinsky from Cam Atkinson, uh, with the, with the game winner. Um, and it was, it was about, I think it was probably 50% Penguins fans, 50% Blue Jackets fans. And it was just, just incredible. Like the, the atmosphere was good. Um, I worry sometimes that with rivalry games, people are going to get like unnecessarily like asshole-ish about it but it was I don't know it was just it was a really fun experience um if we had lost I don't know that I would be saying that necessarily but it's like it's, it's always fun to play Pittsburgh because there's always the chance that you're going to beat Pittsburgh you know um yeah. so it's yeah rivalry games are fun like I don't get, I don't get why people hate rivalries like it's it's great even even if we get stomped like it's I don't know it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, and, you know, obviously, you know, Penguins fans, they'll never take too kindly to hearing Brandon Dubinsky's name, and, and for good reason um, as well, without everything he did with the Sidney Crosby thing was just, and then, of course, the, the comments that he made in the offseason about Sid and Ovi, it's just like, just adding, that just adds fuel to the fire, but yeah, man, I, I'm definitely excited for it. Um, I love when the Penguins go into Nationwide. The cannon definitely probably scares a lot of people, but, you know, it, it, um, it just overall, it, it really brings Columbus fans into the arena. It just, and, sell, it, and it sells out. And that's just, that's the nature of it when your biggest rival comes to town and one that's in plenty of driving distance. So I'm really excited, even though one team is, you know, closer to a contender and one team is closer to, you know, maybe, um, I guess a top 10 pick in the draft. But I just, I'm excited for the Metropolitan Division as a whole, Jay. I'm just I, I got I got tired of the same matchups from this past season. Probably after the fifth time they played, I'm like, okay, can we just start the playoffs now? But you know, I am glad you also brought up uh, Blue Jacket Killer Jake Gensel. You know, I remember just that the hat trick in, in Game Three of the 2017 series that the, I was, we were talking about this as well. You know, the the crying Jordan meme that someone made um, after that goal was scored. They basically put crying Jordan faces on all of the Blue Jackets fans when Gensel and Sid were celebrating when after Sid did his uh, work behind the net. Um, but I, I honestly think his like point per game against Columbus, it's probably got to be one of the highest marks against any team in the league. It, it, it has to be up there just because you said it best, man. he scores almost every time. Um, they play and I'm sure this season will be no different at least a little bit I don't know if he's gonna you know pick up his production from the last couple years before they didn't play this past year but I still think you will see him score um, at least a couple goals um, against them but um, do you have anything else to add potentially before we um, close this one up do you what do you what do you expect from the Jackets this year Do, do you expect them to be closer to the bottom or do you expect for them to potentially surprise some people this year Oh, man. The, the Jackets are such a weird team 
the I always feel like they have the potential to go to the playoffs or pick first overall. Um, like the, the, I feel like they, this roster could easily do either of those things. Um, I always feel like when I say, oh, the Blue Jackets are going to do well this season, then they inevitably don't. Um, like there was, I think it was the 2015-16 season, I think. We just got Brandon Saad um, yeah. and they had that insane preseason where they just murdered every other team that they played and then they lost eight games straight and didn't ever really recover from that to open the season that was the, uh, so, the Richard season right when yeah that was that was that was the first Tortorella season we fired we fired Todd Richards we got Tortorella and he spent basically the entire season trying to get this team to play well mm-hmm. together um and so that that was the that season I was like oh we're gonna be really good this is our season like we're gonna make the playoffs for the first time in like three years it's gonna be great and then they were terrible and then not this last season just gone but the season before that the one that ended up being uh postponed and then the play-in series that was a season where I was like okay I assume that nothing good is happening here we just lost Bobrovsky you know probably the best player in franchise history uh we just lost Panarin and we hadn't really picked up anyone to like deal with either of these these losses so I was like okay I made my peace with the Blue Jackets being bad this season and then we turned around and made Toronto fans cry in the, <laughs> the playing series. We lost to to Tampa, but like that's kind of our our brand you in the playoffs did, is losing to the job. eventual cup winner. <laughs> so you did your um, job. You made Toronto yeah. their fans and basically the entire city melt before our very eyes. Sometimes so that's I, sometimes all you can do is make Toronto sad, and you have to be okay with that. Um, but to, to kind of answer, answer your question in this very roundabout way that I, that I have done, like, I genuinely have no idea what, what Columbus is going to do this season. I like to think we'll be better than, um, a lot of people think like, um, I can't remember who did it. I think Dom, uh, Dom Lishin from, from the athletic did a, like ran a model and it had us finishing, I think fourth last in the league and like dead last in the Metro. Um, I don't think we'll be that bad. <laughs> um, I don't know that this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, but like it, it all depends on, you know, if it, it's, it's going to rest on a couple of players. I think if we can get Zach Wierenski back to a, a Zach Wierenski level, like he scored 20 goals a couple of seasons ago, you know, like if we can get him back to that level, if we can get line, a scoring, um, if we can get Muslikins to do what I think most league kids can do, which is be a top 10 goalie in this league. Um, I mean, again, there was that, that stretch of games a couple of seasons ago where he had like five shutouts in eight games or something stupid. You know, if we can get that level of goaltending from him, I think, yeah, this is a team that can make the playoffs. If one of these kind of cogs doesn't fit in the machine, then yeah, I, I could be, we could be aiming for a right or Bedard at the end of the season, which I wouldn't necessarily hate because they're potential franchise players, but also like losing sucks, <laughs> you know? And I know the Penguins fans don't necessarily have a lot, don't know what that's like. Really, I feel like the Penguins have been good basically since I've been playing hockey, except for, I want to say one season, maybe 2014. Well, well go, go but, back before, go back before Sid, though those teams were- Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, like in the past kind awful. of- yeah. In the, I don't know that the Penguins have been bad in the salary cap era. That's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. They basically so, every year. Yeah. Uh, 
except for Sid's rookie year. They did not make it that year, but then um, they made it the next year. Then, you know, I was like, okay, you know, we're going to go pretty far. This was only when I was like, I think nine or 10. I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're ready to play. Then they get Ottawa in the first round and Daniel Albertson, Danny Haley, Jason Spezza show them who's boss and they sweep them in the first round. So yeah, sometimes uh, that was a big babies need time to develop, you know, <laughs> like this was what Crosby was what, 19, 20. So yeah, they, his second season, they, they, everyone was so hyped. They, everyone was camping outside Mellon Arena. And then Ottawa just showed them what playoff hockey really looks like. <laughs> yeah, that was, that felt very much like um, the first time the Blue Jackets and the Penguins faced each other in the playoffs in 2012 was yeah. Columbus was just so hyped to make the playoffs. And then we had that, uh, I think it was an overtime win in Pittsburgh where Matt Calvert scored. And then it was an overtime win back in Nationwide uh, with Nick Foligno's goal for game four. And obviously, you know, the, the rest is history. You know, we, we did not win that series, but sometimes you just like the first time you make the playoffs in forever is just so exciting. Even, yeah. even if you get schooled by, you know, by the big kids, it's, it's so much fun. Um, so, yeah, I will uh, flip, flip the question back to you then. How do you, how do you think Pittsburgh is going to do? Because I feel like you haven't moved a ton of stuff around from what I remember, like you haven't had a massive uh, change of, of personnel in, well, in the offseason. Jim Rutherford is not in charge. So that, that, well, that's so it's all, it's, it's all uphill from there. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And that series, I think that was what, tw- I think it was 2014, the 2012 year. I still have PTSD about because of the Philadelphia Flyers stuff, as does I think every Penguins fan. But <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I just said it. Jim Rutherford is not in charge. So you're not going to get a lot of personnel moves. You know, he would just, throw shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks. Ron Hextall's not going to do that. He never has done that. He's much more of a patient general manager. And Which I think a very that, funny thing to think about considering they are polar Ron Hextall's kind of on ice uh, persona. They are literally polar opposites, man. You know, you have one guy who literally basically tells the fan base and the media what he's going to do and then goes and does it. And then you have the other guy who kind of talks to the media and the fans, says the bare freaking minimum, but then keeps the plan to himself and then goes and executes whatever plan that he has. It's just a, a, a stark 180 between the two. And I liked most of what they did this offseason. I think the Brock McGinn signing was really good. Um, of course, you know, friend of the Locked on Penguins <laughs> podcast. Oh, I have to throw that in there. Of course, of course. If you haven't, like Blue Jackets fans, like if you haven't listened, it is a really great interview. I know that they're the enemy, but like what a uh, what a great show. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Brock is, he, what a great human he is. I'm, I'm really excited to see him on the ice this year. They brought Danton Heinen on. Um, basically, kind of as a depth player, but I think he could be a lot more than that. Um, yeah, he's been over a half a point per game player while he was with Boston, played with the Ducks the last couple of years. Everyone knows the Ducks stink. So um, he, he, according to natural stature, I think his two most common line mates last season were Jakob Silverberg and Adam Henrique, two players who are not nearly as good as they used to be. He'll be going over to a team in Pittsburgh that potentially he'll play with Jeff Carter, maybe Jason Zucker, maybe a bit higher up as I don't know when Evgeny Malkin is going to be back from his knee surgery. But I really liked those signings. You know, going back to the McGinn one a little bit, that's kind of the TANF replacement. Four years, be- better than six years, and the 2.75 million per, a lot better than three and a half. 
Um, and if he um, continues his offensive production from this past season, um, it, that, that, that contract is going to make some of its detractors um, eat a lot of crow. Because for some reason, I saw some people kind of dumping on it, which I didn't really understand. Um, they'll have to figure out the number six defensive spot. Uh, Cody CC got one heck of a contract from Ken Holland, which is just, I, I don't know what Ken Holland is doing up there. It's just kind of, the Oilers are so much fun. Like, like are, as someone who is non-Oilers fan, like it's so much fun to watch. It's it's a walking dumpster fire, I, I think, is what Ken Holland is doing up there. You know, he's gonna probably have Connor McDavid ask out, I think, anytime now. But yeah, that's a CC contract. The Penguins were never going to pay that four years, three points, whatever million dollars it is. You're just you can't pay a bottom pairing defenseman that they'll probably go into the season with one of Chad Riedel or Mark Friedman as that guy down there or potentially P.O. Joseph if they uh, feel like he is ready if he has another really good camp I personally think that he is ready um, they double down on bringing the goalies back the, the only trick is that um, they uh, fired Mike Buckley and hired Andy Chiodo. and as a fun fact for any Blue Jackets fan uh, he was one of the Penguins goalies during uh, the years that Sid was not here. So back in 03, 04, 04, 05, uh, before the team got Sid. So he will be the team's new goalie coach to oversee Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. I think Hextall is hoping that with some guidance from him, um, they will be able to be a lot better next season and not be as inconsistent. As for what I think the team will be this season, man, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think that's in jeopardy. I know the Metropolitan Division can be tough, but I think a lot of this division has some middling teams. You obviously have Carolina being back. They're going to be really good. Washington mm. is still going <laughs> to be good after that off season. I mean, their forwards and their defense are really good. It's just their biggest question mark is also goaltending. But I, I really think their forwards can, I think, carry them to a playoff spot. And sure, they lost Dougie Hamilton, but they still got Slave in there. They got Pesci. Um probably forgetting a couple other ones that they have, but their, their defense is still um, not bad to say the least. Um, you know, Washington, the Islanders are still there, Pittsburgh, and then, you know, Philadelphia, what are you going to expect from them? The Rangers had a really bad off season, but they still got some high end talent. Obviously New Jersey got better. Columbus is there, but I still have Pittsburgh finishing in the top three in that division. I think they will make the playoffs. May, they may not be a full Stanley cup contender, but I still have them making the playoffs and potentially, if all goes well, doing some major damage. Yeah, I feel like the the Metro division more than any other division. And then maybe maybe this is just because the Blue Jackets were in a different division last season. Like the, the Penguins, I think, basically had everyone that they normally play against minus us and Carolina uh, yeah, it, last yeah. season. But the, everyone else yeah. was in there. Yeah. Uh, Metro division always feels like it's such a high risk, high reward division. You know, I feel like it's either the Thunderdome or everyone is bad and there is not really an in-between. I feel like the, the, the Metro division is never average, which makes for fun hockey. <laughs> not necessarily good hockey all the time, but it makes for fun hockey. I really like the Metro division. Yeah, I, I think you basically described it right. I mean, you, you have your really good teams that you know are going to be good. Then you have some middling ones where you don't really know, like Philadelphia and the Rangers. And then you have your kind of your basement dwellers like New Jersey, even though they, they got better, but are they really going to finish in the top five in this division? Probably not. And then, you know, I, Columbus, I guess, is maybe middling, maybe bottom theater. I, I don't even know what to think of them. No, um, come back in uh, come back in November and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of chaos that comes with this division because it's usually so tight. 
yeah, exactly. It's it's I don't know. It's it's a tough division to play in. Even when the teams are bad, I feel like it's a, it's a tough division to play in. Um, but I think I think we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. Wrap yeah. it up there. I could I could talk for probably another hour uh, about Columbus versus Pittsburgh. But um, <laughs> if you know there are any Blue Jackets fans out there that want to learn more about the Penguins, learn more about my nemesis uh, Jake Gensel, or you know. If they miss Jeff Carter, I'm sure there are Blue Jacket fans out there that, that do this. Um, where can where can people find you and your show? Yeah, Blue Jackets fans are listening to this. I'm sure you will see the Jeff Carter experience in full uh, full fashion this season. With if if he continues that production that he had from this past season, a little bit unlikely, but um, probably. But he'll still probably, I think, be a good player. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at lo underscore Penguins and. Now we'll definitely have to do this again once these two teams play for the first time in first time, excuse me, in a couple of years. But uh, Jay, where can everyone uh, find you on uh, Twitter and everything? Uh, yeah, so you can find me at uh, underscore Jacob Foster. That's J A K O B F O R S T E R. Uh, you can find this podcast at L O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, there's a lot of nonsense tweeting there is a lot of very sad gifts because all of my favorites left and there's even occasionally some dog content which i've been led to understand is what people on twitter really love so and if- star wars <laughs> and star wars jay you can't forget that. and star wars yes this is um it's it's the off season star wars has become 80 percent of my personality and i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the dog days of the off season are always the worst, but you know, September's next week. We get training camp, I think, in a few weeks. Then we get some preseason games in about a month. Then before we know, the regular season can be back here. So um, we're, we're still going to be turning out content, the whole network that is, um, right until training camp starts. Then I think we're going to be going back to five days a week. So um, yeah, keep it right here um, on Locked On Penguins and, of course, on Locked On Blue Jackets as well. <laughs>